Welcome to the Exhibit C Podcast, where two guys give their primitive and extremely biased opinions on the state of the National League East Division. Welcome back in, guys. And it has been a crazy few weeks in the NL East. Christian, what's happening, man? Talk to me. What's going on in the conference? Yeah, well, we're at the, I believe it's the 10% mark of games played this season. And it's just an absolute logjam in the NL East right now. And I know this is kind of what a lot of us expected. um, But from the New York Mets in first place to the Washington Nationals in fifth place, there is a game and a half separating the entire division right now which is it's super exciting because that's that's really what we expected going into the season uh maybe even maybe even closer than we expected and it's gonna be very interesting to see how things pan out for the rest of the season because i i personally as a phillies fan i think i'll speak for you as a Braves fan too i don't think any teams in this division besides the marlins feel good about the baseball they're playing right now and that kind of that's that's what we're seeing in the standings. Yeah, and we look into those standings, the only team with a positive run differential, and I know the run differential is not the end-all, be-all statistic, but it's the Miami Marlins sitting at 8-9 and nine with a plus-four run differential. The New York Mets in first place have a negative 14 run differential. I know a lot of that has to do with them getting curb-smacked by the Cubs last night. Um, but, the, yeah, it's it's uh, been a crazy – start to the year in the conference and I think a lot of people are talking about oh it's not as strong as we thought it was I don't think you can say that right now in a confident way because the NL East has mainly played themselves and when you see them playing teams outside the division they're doing well so yeah let's talk about the division in your opinion in a strength point of view where do you see them at currently yeah, I think we, we talked a lot. We've talked, we have talked a lot about that NLE being the best division in baseball. And I think the early season, it's hard to say because we haven't seen the NLE really play outside of the NLE until very recently, uh, the last week or so, uh, which has been a pretty good showing, I'd say, across the board, uh, for the most part, at least. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the NL West obviously has those three teams, the Dodgers, Giants, and um, Padres. I don't think the Giants, uh, I think they're kind of outplaying uh, how they will finish this season. Uh, but yeah, the NL, the NL West is very good. But I think top to bottom, it's, it's hard to look past the NL East. Um, that if, if, the, if the worst team in your division is the Washington Nationals with Juan Soto and Trey Turner and that pitching staff, then it's a, it's a really good division. And I, that's what it looks like right now. They're playing the, the least inspiring baseball in the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins. Who would have thought they're they're kind of they're doing it again? They they don't they don't care what people think. You know, I, I think we kind of touched on it before the season when, when we were previewing. I think we took the Marlins a little bit more seriously than most of the media out there uh, because we kind of joked about them going to the NLDS in the COVID year, but they did go to the NLDS, and I don't think a lot of people gave them their their due for getting that far. Um, and, of course, they're, what, what did we say? They didn't have a star in their lineup. They don't have a corner piece to, like, kind of lean on like all the other teams in the conference. But your guy, Jazz Chisholm, has been balling. Talk about Jazz a little bit. Yeah, Jazz has been – he's been right up there with the best players in baseball. You mentioned we've talked a lot about Acuna's hot start. Jazz Chisholm maybe isn't that hot right now, but he's playing he's, – he's top ten in war – for the entire the entire MLB right now, 23-year-old dude, he's absolutely crushing baseballs. He hits baseballs very, very hard. Uh, you might not even expect it, but he runs well also, plays a good second base, and he's just an exciting young player. I think he's really energized that lineup who got off to a very sluggish start. I think, what were they, 2-6 and six to start the season? 2-6 and six to start the season, 8-9 and nine currently, and I think that is good for third place. <laughs> half a game ahead of the Braves. Yeah, so I think after that after that rough start, they weren't getting a lot of offense. The pitching has been stellar all season, including those early games. Uh, they weren't getting a lot of luck early either. But I think Jazz Chisholm and his absolute – he's coming out. This is his coming out party right now. And I think the rest of the offense is starting to follow his lead and put up some numbers. They're winning games. You mentioned they have the only positive run differential in the NL East now. And they're an exciting team, and, and they're, 
they you look across the lineup and it's still guys that you don't that you wouldn't expect to be playing as well as they are. Uh, your guy Adam Duvall has gotten off to a very inconsistent, but at his best, he's been amazing. Hey, he's leading the team in home runs and RBIs, I believe. Yeah, so a guy like that is is a pretty good microcosm of what this lineup is doing because you wouldn't expect it, but they're putting up runs. They're definitely putting up runs now, and they're supporting an awesome starting pitching staff. Yeah, I mean, I think we would, you know, I think we should give Starling Marte his due. He has .9 war in the season. He has done very well, batting three sixteen, and so has Miguel Rojas. I mean, we joked about Miguel Rojas because there was some beat writer down in Florida calling him a superstar. Obviously, he's not a superstar, but he's a darn good player for this Miami Marlins team. And you know what? He has all the confidence in the world that the Marlins are the best team in the conference. Are they? Or in the division? Are they? You know, obviously, I don't think anybody is going to say that they are. But they are a scary team. And let's talk about that pitching staff. My God, Sandy Alcantara, Trevor Rogers, Pablo Lopez, those three starting pitchers all have had very good starts this season. Uh, Dylan Floro and Yemi Garcia out of the pen have both been really good. Um, Nick Neidert has had a couple of good starts. I know he had a couple of bad ones as well. Uh, and you know what? They they We have not even seen Pablo uh, – no, not Pablo. Sixto Sanchez yet. He's been hurt. And watch out for when he comes back. This starting line – I think this starting rotation has played better than anybody else in the division. Yeah, I, I think – and they're, they're probably the standout performers – just overall, like if you're going to pick one position group that's that's done something spectacular out of the division, it, it's the look no further than the Miami Marlins pitching staff. And you mentioned those starters, but it does go into that bullpen. You mentioned Yimmy Garcia is playing amazing. He, he's played in he's pitched ten and a third, and his ERA is below one right now. So if you if you can get those guys deep in the games, they're giving you six seven innings pretty much every night. Sometimes they'll give you eight because they're just that good. Then hand the ball to Yimmy Garcia, Dylan Floro. Uh, they're, they're getting performances out of the bullpen, and it's backing up that awesome staff. And it's gonna, they're going to be in almost every game they play this year. And it's just going to be up to the offense to put up some runs late. If they're, it, they'll have a chance. They will always have a chance because that pitching staff will give them a chance. And let's be honest, they could very well flame out here. Um, they have four-game stretch coming up in um, San Francisco, who they took two or three from right after they took three or four from the Atlanta Braves. Um, so let's. I'm very interested to see how this Miami team plays going forward. Um, and that let's uh, let's go into Washington because Washington got off to a slow start. Still, you know, not playing great um, or anything. But they are seven and nine and one and a half games out. Uh, one and a half games out of first place. Uh, so what have you seen from the uh, the Nationals? Yeah, I think the Nationals. The, the silver lining for their season right now is that I don't think any Nationals fans would be happy with the way they've played, but they're 7-9, and nine and they're a game and a half out of first place in the division. So they have not they, – they're not off to a terrible start. They're not way on the heels of everyone, even though it kind of seems like it to me. I was even surprised that they were 7-9. and nine. But we talked about it a lot. Trey Turner and Juan Soto are this offense. They are the entire offense – um, any any extra performances they get from a guy like Ryan Zimmerman, who got off very high. He's kind of come back down to earth since then. But any extra performances they get are kind of gravy because it, it, it's hard to know where else they're going to get offense from this season. Yeah, it's it's been a very – I don't. I wouldn't say it's a slow start for Juan Soto, but for everyone out of Washington making it seem like he's a second coming of Ted Williams, it's a slow start for Juan Soto. Point four WAR. Uh, Trey Turner has been the leader, as you said. Um, Josh Harrison's played well. Uh, I I really was excited that Ryan Zimmerman was hitting the ball as hard as he was. He's still batting over three hundred uh, on the season. Our boy Joe Ross had a little snip there to where he didn't give up a run until he let the floodgates loose in his last outing. Um, but, yeah, you saw Max Scherzer, right? First game against the Braves, gave, gave up four solo shots, but it seems like he's rebounded more than nicely. ERA at 1.8. 
Yeah, Max Scherzer is, he looks like Max Scherzer, which is as encouraging of a sign as Nationals fans can have because he wasn't great last season and he was definitely not great in that first game. But since then, he's just been absolutely awesome. And they, they've needed it because Strasburg is back on the IL. Unfortunately, he's getting another, he's had the injury bug for his whole career and it's starting to strike again. It looks like uh, Joe Ross he, he came out of the gates absolutely fantastic. Those first two starts, didn't give up a run, and now his ERA is hovering around six. So absolutely not what – I wasn't expecting it to happen like that. And Patrick Corbin, who is a guy that's getting a good bit of money, he's been – He's been just awful. He's been really bad yeah. in his first three starts this season, and it's unfortunate because, especially with Strasburg moving to the IL, you need the pitching. You need the pitching. That, yeah. that that's the moral of the story. And let, and this is another one of the teams that. Um, so they started this season um, against the Braves, dropped two of three, then they got swept by the Dodgers, and then promptly took two of three from the Cardinals. Uh, they split a four game series against the Diamondbacks, and then took two of three more against the Cardinals. They really um, have played solid outside of the division. Again, outside of getting swept by the Dodgers, um, they that. You'd want to see them take three or four against the Diamondbacks, but that was a wash. But the Cardinals are supposed to win uh, the NL Central, uh, and they took um, four or six against them. So that that's really impressive from the national standpoint, being the last place team in, in the NL East currently. Um, yeah, and they, they could very well finish the season last, or they could very well finish the season second. So it's in, in the division. So it's interesting um, to see. Again, I, I know I'm talking about a lot of the state of the NL East. We don't know the state of the NL East. I think it, it may, the state may come to fruition here in a couple of weeks, but it's, 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 uh, it's up in the air. The last place team could be in the, after this weekend could be in the first place. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And uh, you want to just move on to the first place team because the Mets are currently playing decent baseball. They're up there in tops of the division. Um, So yeah, what are your thoughts on the Mets so far this season? You know, I'm not impressed by the Mets. They're in first place. Nothing about the Mets have, has impressed me so far. Outside of, obviously, their pitching, Stroman has been strong. DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. We knew that their pitching um, was going to be really good this season. We also thought their lineup was going to be very good this season. We talked about them rivaling the Braves' lineup, which we'll get to later. That shit show. Um, Brandon Nimmo has been really good um, from a – singles perspective he's batting 395 his BABIP is 567 so that's gonna he's not gonna bat 400 obviously his BABIP suggests that um he's striking out a quarter percent of the time he's at the play 0.6 war in the season uh their defense is as laughable as we thought it was going to be um and they just got smacked by the Cubs last night which was fun to watch uh, Lindor hasn't played well. I mean, that's something that we haven't talked about much. Or Lindor, I talked to Freddie the other day, and he said Lindor is just not an April player, uh, a friend of the podcast. But he's batting around 200. He hit his first home run yesterday or the day before that. And so, yeah, they're waiting for him to come around. Uh, the pitching staff is as great as usual. But when you have Jacob deGrom offensively as your fourth best war producer, there is something very wrong with that scenario. So, yeah, you, you talked to me about your, your spot. I'm not impressed about them being in first place right now. I don't expect them to be in first place for long. Um, I could be wrong. That's probably a lot of hot takes coming from me. I'm not impressed anybody in their lineup outside of Brandon Nemo and Jacob deGrom from the plate. Yeah, I'm pretty much right with you. It's been a – it has not been a great start for Mets fans. I know – I don't, I don't think many Mets fans are happy with the start. They're, I'm sure they're happy to be in first place considering how just lackluster the offense has been. Like you mentioned, DeGrom, fourth leading war offensive player, does not add up, especially since he's only played in three games now. Yeah, three games. So that, that's, that's as rough as a sign for this lineup as there can be. Um, they've already lost this series to the Cubs. It's two games in, but they've lost both of them. So that that's that's unfortunate. The Cubs are a team that you'd like to be able to maybe get some offense against, especially in the the little league park that they're playing in. But 
it's it's silver lining for the series for Mets fans. You mentioned Lindor's a slow starter. He had by far his best game of the season in this last game versus the Cubs, hit a home run, and then I think he hit uh, a single, got on base and scored a run, on the, I believe, on the Pete Alonzo home run, which he hit out of the park. So it, it's been all the bad that we expected out of this lineup in the field and none of really any of the good that we expected this lineup to produce uh, at this point in the season. Again, it's very early. Again, it's even earlier for them than it is for most of the teams because they did miss that first series, but definitely not the performance, not, not a very awe inspiring performance yep. from the Mets lineup this season. The pitching staff has been great. Uh, who Stroman probably isn't going to keep up this pace. DeGrom probably can because he's Jacob DeGrom. And Taiwan Walker, he's, 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 he's good and he's not so good, but he, he'll give you decent starts. When, once the pitching staff gets healthy, we know that it, it could probably rival the Marlins staff that we just spoke so highly of, but they are not fully healthy right now. And you can't rely on Jacob DeGrom and Marcus Stroman to – win you the division yeah exactly just ask i mean you you as a philadelphia fan know very well that two starters two very good starters or great starters or out of this world starters don't win uh divisions you have to have a solid one through five and david peterson isn't getting it done um but then again they got carrasco Syndergaard waiting in their wings so when they come back like my goodness you don't need a whole lot of offensive production when you got to a rotation like that and we'll we'll see what happens but yeah again when brandon nemo really solid from the plate everyone else no bueno and let's yeah let's move on from the mets i i know that they let's talk about their schedule coming up they got they they finished with the cubs tonight um as we were recording this on uh, the 22nd um of april um, it's a Thursday, and then they got Washington coming up this weekend. Uh, they're hosting them, so it's going to be interesting to see Washington trying to get on the right track, and the Mets trying to stay on top of the division. We'll see what happens. Um, so, yeah, what what uh, what squad do you want to jump to next? Let, we can go to the Phillies. Uh, the Phillies have had a very very up and down season, I'd say this this year. And like we mentioned, you can't win. You're not going to be a winning division with only a couple or three good starters. And the Phillies are a perfect example of that because the Phillies have had great performances um, from Nola. Wheeler has been, he's been up and down. He had that awesome first game against the Braves. Hasn't really looked like that since, but also hasn't been terrible. Eflin has, has gotten off to a start that I kind of, I expected, I expected him to progress. Yeah, you you did season. call it you did call it. And, and he is playing very well, uh, not giving up nearly as many homers as we've seen in the past. And he's been great, but that's, that's just three guys. You, at the end of the day, your rotation needs to be five guys for the whole season. It's a long season, and you're not going to win a lot of games with Chase Anderson and Matt Moore starting. It's just not going to happen. Matt Moore's already on the 10-day I.L., which means Vince Velasquez has the Phillies next start. So throw him on the list of players that you do not want starting games over the course of a 162 game season. And that that's basically been the Phillies season this year. So far, they, they just haven't had enough consistency pitching and they haven't had a whole lot of consistency hitting. So definitely happy that everyone else in the division is struggling right now, but it would be nice to see the Phillies get going a little bit here. Bryce Harper does not get talked about as much as he should in the national media. This man is ridiculous. Talk about what's been happening the last, it seems like it's only been happening the last few days, but my goodness, his overall stats are, he's he's top, uh, I think he's top five in war now in the MLB, or he's close to it. Yeah, Bryce Harper, and I did not mention him there uh, because that was my rant, but Bryce Harper has been the one saving grace this season. He's the reason that you turn on a Phillies baseball game if it's a boring game, and but it's close. Because Bryce Harper, he's hit. He's just hit. Absolutely. He's been awesome this year. He got off to a great start last season, but I don't think it was quite on this level. He's His OBP is right at 500. OPS to the moon, basically. And 
even his stat, the stats that he has are a little bit misleading in terms of not really getting across how well he's been playing, which is hard to believe because they're right up there with the best in the MLB. But if you're a big baseball savant fan and with all their uh, expected stats, he's number one in expected weighted on base average, number one in expected slugging percentage, number one tied with Ronald Cunha in expected batting average, and he is number one in expected on base percentage. He's simply right now one of the best players in baseball and that's what he's he that's what he has been in the past that's what he was billed as as a prospect that's what the MLB hyped him up to be for such a long time and baseball is better when Bryce Harper's playing awesome because he he he's right up there with the guys that you would want to be the face of baseball right now yeah and he's he's just again national media is not really picking up on it because they're all infatuated with Ronald Acuna, uh, Tatis, who's not even playing well, and any of the younger guys. I just want to point out, and uh, according to Fangraphs, five of the top 13 players in war are in the NOE. So it's, right now it's just a talent-rich division. As and we, is, Soto, is Soto even in there right and now? Soto's not even in there. Freddie Freeman's so, not even in there. So. Yeah, so Freddie Freeman, NL MVP last year, Juan Soto, was I what second in the MVP voting or right? Yeah, I mean, why he he was top three, I think. Yeah, so yeah, these are guys Mookie that Betts will was number two. Yeah, these are guys that are going to finish on that list, and they're not even there right now. It just goes to show how stacked the division really is. Yeah, and the, and go if the Phillies' perspective, I, I I fully expected after the start that you know teams had that the Phillies would be sitting in first right now, sitting in second, so they're not too far behind the Mets, and I think right now they're playing better baseball than the Mets. Um, but the lineup is struggling. Here, let me give you a stat right now for the Phillies. Their fourth best WAR producer right now only has twenty plate appearances. Can you guess who that is? Don't look. Stop it. Um, I'm not looking. Uh, Brad Miller. And it is Brad Miller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably a little buoyed by that last game. I think he went four for five last night. But yeah, he's he's been he's been pretty good. Uh, they're getting him in against right-handed pitchers that suck against left-handed batters. So that is definitely making him look very good. But it, it's it hasn't been pretty for the Phillies' offense. They've been able to put up some runs in some games and. There's other games where it just hasn't happened. I, I know that that NOLA start um, that we did mention in the last episode that unfortunately wasn't able to be uploaded, so we can talk about it now. NOLA, complete game shutout. Uh, yeah. Zero runs allowed. That's what a shutout is, Christian. I don't know why I said that. The Phillies only scored two runs in that game. The Phillies only scored two runs in that game, and, and it could have been a day where we were just talking again about why does this Phillies lineup suck so bad, especially with Bryce Harper being the hottest player in baseball right now. Hopefully Ronald Acuna is able to come back from his abdominal strain. I think he's supposed healthy, to. but we will, we will talk about that once we get to the Braves, but yeah, the Phillies lineup has not been producing. You'd like to think that maybe Bryce Harper hitting every baseball that gets thrown in the strike zone a thousand miles would spark something, but it's not happening. Um, there have been some some good individual performances. Gene Segura was playing very well. Uh, unfortunately, he went down with a quad injury, I think, last night. Um, but Didi Gregorius was playing well, too, another guy that was hurt. Um, but... Yeah, just across the board, they're not they're not really getting it done as a team. They're not all clicking at the same time. Reese Hoskins was very hot to start the season. Bryce Harper was a little slower out of the gate. Now Reese Hoskins is playing terrible, and Bryce Harper is amazing. So that that that's frustrating um, as a Phillies fan to not be able to have all these guys click at the same time because you know the talent's there in the lineup. You know that they can score runs because they have done it even this year, but it's not happening with enough consistency um, this season. And it's something that definitely needs to change. Yeah, looking at the the like Alec Bohm, Mickey Maniac, Roman Quinn, McCutcheon, and Hazley, uh, rest in peace, Hazley. Uh, they all have been straight, at least according to War, struggling on this season. Which a lot of teams have that. A lot of a lot of players are really struggling to start the season at the plate in the NL East. Yeah, and I think across the MLB, um, I was watching that Braves Yankees game uh, on ESPN last night, which was a really boring game, but the Braves were able to take it out. They were talking about how. Batting is down all across the MLB this season. 
Um, it, I think the the league average is somewhere like two thirty five. So it's I think it's, it's not a new affecting... base, the new baseball they implemented. Yeah, which is weird because they they were talking like it was only supposed to take like a foot off of like if you hit a moonshot like like four hundred fifty feet it was supposed to go four hundred forty nine feet. I, I, I don't know how you can program like just make a baseball and like that and then ex- yeah program it to. Only yeah, it, it's it, it's a little frustrating, especially the way that the MOB has been going because it's such everybody you either basically hit a home run or you strike out so now that they're they've kind of taken away the home run it seems so far for some teams have been really struggling to hit them this year they're just striking out and they're they're not putting balls in play and not scoring runs so it's going to be interesting to see how that develops this season it's just another thing that we'll have to watch because yes it is only 10 percent way through the season right now and the bullpen for the phillies I mean, compared to where it was last year, has uh, done a complete 180. Yeah, compared to where it was last year, it's like completely. It is a completely different bullpen. It is so refreshing to be able to go out there and not have to sweat with you with a five-run lead. Although the Phillies have blown like two of those against the Giants this week, against Gabe Kapler. Oh, Gabriel! Frustrating. Very frustrating. Philadelphia but- legend. Yeah, the the Phillies have gotten some very encouraging performances from guys like Hector Neris, Sam Coonrod, um, Jose. Uh, Jose Alvarado has just been so fun to watch. He's when he's not walking everyone, which he hasn't done a lot this year, which is very exciting. And Connor Brogdon, who for me has been the star of the bullpen this year, did not give up a run for his first seven innings pitched, and then gave up. Two, two, three-run home runs against the Giants in the second game and completely blew that game. That was looking like an easy Phillies win the whole way. But seven thirty-six ERA. Yeah, so I don't think that tells the whole story. There's a the the post-game analyst for the Phillies is Ricky Patalico, and he said something a couple years ago that I've never forgotten about how you judge how you should judge a reliever, and it's not. ERA is obviously a, a weird, screwy stat for a reliever. He said it should be the percentage of the times you go out there and do what you're supposed to do, which is if you're a reliever, you just don't blow the lead. So I, my my per, my perception of Connor Brogdon this season is that he's like at like 85% with going out there and doing his job, which is where you would want a reliever to be at. Um, I'm, I'm very confident in him and how he's been pitching this year. Yeah, no, it's, uh, again, 180 uh, in the bullpen from my perspective. Um, I do know Sam Coonrad or Coonrod has only given up one or two runs, and one of them was a mammoth shot to Ronald Acuna that I'm not going to forget anytime soon. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, he's been pitching. I mean, the whole bullpen's been pitching well. I mean, Jojo Romero is uh, has an ERA north of my interest rate on my house, so that's – yeah, and that's unfortunate because Jose Alvarado went to the IL with nothing serious, it doesn't seem. But Jojo Romero with Jose on the IL is the only left-handed reliever right now. So you'd like to see him be doing well. Another guy that's on the IL is Archie Bradley. So Jose and Archie Bradley are two of the, the top like four relievers on this team, probably two of the top three relievers on the team, possibly two of the top two. So... Um, Hopefully they are able to to get healthy, and if they are healthy, and we have all these guys, it, it, I'm confident in this bullpen this season that they it will not be a repeat of last year where the Phillies were like third in the MLB in games where they led and didn't make the playoffs. So uh, if the if the Phillies offense can put them ahead, I have confidence um, in, from what in what this bullpen has shown to start this season. You know, I'm surprised that Spencer Howard has not been able to make a start or two, especially with Matt Moore and Chase Anderson struggling as much as they are. Yeah, it's it, it's weird because the way that the Phillies go with their prospects, they're not going to throw anyone into the deep end. Uh, anyone that they're really that they really really it's important for them to develop. So those are guys like Kingery. Kingery went down to AAA. He's back up in the majors because they needed to uh, cuz Didi and Gene Segura were both hurt, 
and then Ronald Torres got hurt. So there's absolutely no depth in the middle infield right now. So they just needed him as a bench player. I don't imagine we'll see a lot of him, um, even though he'll be in the clubhouse. But that's besides the point. Spencer Howard, I just don't think they're going to rush him. I, I don't think they want him, his confidence. Confidence is very big with him. Obviously, he has electric stuff. Uh, he, he, can, he throws like he's 96 or so. He's got good breaking stuff. His, his pitches play in the MLB, and he's, he's had, a, he had a very, very good um, relief performance, I believe, two nights ago against the Giants. So Spencer Howard, I just think they're going to take their time with him, which is going to be frustrating as a, as a Phillies fan, watching if Matt Moore gets another start. Oh, my God, I hope he doesn't. But uh, watching if, if we have to see him play, watching Vince Velasquez, who we just know who Vince Velasquez at this point, it, he's a center fielder. He's not a pitcher. Um, and Chase Anderson, who his ERA won't tell the whole tale because he's at four. He, he's given up like – Every, every time someone hits the ball, it's like 95 miles an hour plus. So, And I don't think that's an exaggeration. I think he had about nine of those in his last start. So it, outside of Eflin, Nola, and Wheeler, it, it's going to be tough to win games. And it's a miracle that they have been able to win a couple of those. Yeah, and looking at the schedule, there's a big road trip starting in Colorado and finishing in St. Lafort with a four-game series in St. Louis. Um, Rockies obviously not that good, and the Cardinals haven't gotten off to the good start that they wanted. So it's going to be, I don't think, a, a too tough of a road trip for Philadelphia, but it will be a good uh, marker to see where they are after that road trip's over. Yeah, and and – Going into Colorado, especially right now, the way Bryce Harper is playing is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. I would rather play Colorado in Colorado and watch Bryce Harper try to hit a 500-foot home run than see it get knocked down by the wind in Philadelphia. But, yeah, it will be a tough road trip. Four-game series against the Cardinals, who have a very, very, very good lineup. Uh, we've seen a lot of it in the NL East already. They haven't gotten the better of the NL East at this point because those bats have been cold. Goldschmidt hasn't gotten off to a great start, but you know he'll get going. Uh, Arenado, I think, has been so-so, but you know he'll get going. Yadier Molina is Yadier Molina, and they have some dudes, and they have some pitchers, and it's going to be a tough four-game road trip, especially if the Cardinals um, are able to kind of get the gears rolling on what they expect to be a, um, a, a division winning team for them. Yeah, it's uh, my, I'm just excited that baseball's here and COVID's not making too much of a deal. Um, knock on wood, <laughs> knocking on all the wood over here. Um, all of it. It's exciting. I think that's a good segue to go into Atlanta Braves. And because the last couple of episodes hasn't, um, you know, came out on Spotify. We'll just get into it. Ronald Acuna, MVP. Just give the man the MVP right now. Obviously, that is sarcasm for those that, that don't know. But he's on another level. He's came down recently, especially in the series in Chicago. I don't think he likes playing in the cold. Um, and so that, that's interesting to see. He hasn't played the last couple of games with an abdominal strain. Still leads the major leagues in runs. Still is top four in home runs. Uh, leads the MLB um, or tied with Mike Trout at 1.6 once above replacement. Dude is a stud. And his BAPIB suggests that he's not getting lucky. He's just hitting the ball extremely hard. A matter of fact, his BAPIB is below his batting average which, because he hit so many home runs. Three stolen bases. Um, he's wonderful. He's phenomenal. Um, outside of him, the rest of the lineup, very much like Philadelphia and Bryce Harper, not really impressive. And Freddie Freeman has been impressive the last you know five games, but he's not playing to his MVP self. Um, he's still playing very good. And the Braves are lucky that, you know how I was joking about Brad Moore being one of the top war getters. Number three and four for the Braves are guys that have 23 plate appearances and 20 plate 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 appearances in Guillermo Heredia and Pablo Sandoval. So it's pretty laughable, this whole lineup, outside of Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna. Uh, starting with Dansby Swanson, he's been absolutely dog cheeks this year. Christian Pasche the same way. Ozzy Alsby's has not been good. Marcelo Zuna, fresh off that contract extension, has not been good. Travis Darno has not been good from the plate or behind the dish. Um, so that's 
75% of your lineup that has just not been good on the season. Austin Riley slowly coming coming together. I He's batting 250 on the season, which is much better than everyone else just mentioned. And so it's good to see him coming along, but the lineup sucks right now. Everyone's hurt. It's And hopefully Acuna comes back for the weekend because watching a Braves game without Ronald Acuna right now is like, licking sandpaper not fun all right so <laughs> the Braves lineup for me struggling Freddie Freeman Ronald Cunha obviously very exciting and let's talk about that one play that you don't like against Philadelphia where he had a casual ground ball to D.D. Gregorius and casually beat it out <laughs> yeah I, I I was watching the uh we I mentioned like I mentioned I was watching that Yankees Braves game last night on ESPN who yeah their broadcasts are just terrible um, but we will be seeing that Ronald Acuna beating out the routine actually crushed ground ball to Didi Gregorius. We'll be seeing that probably until the end of time. Um, it was, it was for me, he hit that absolute moonshot to center field against the Phillies. Him beating out that ground ball was the craziest thing I've seen him do this year. And he's done a whole lot of crazy things because he's been the best player in baseball to start this season. So Ronda Cunha, and I mean, just the, the injuries for the Braves. I think those are the two storylines. Um, yeah, and the one saving grace so far has been that how dominant that bench has been. The, I mean, let's, let's talk about these. And we got to give these guys their time to shine because Pablo Sandoval, um, Adrianza, and Guillermo Heredia have been absolutely phenomenal this season. That that's been that's won the Braves some games this year. Yeah, at least at least two. Um, and I love Pablo Sandoval right now. I mean, he just three home runs, and I think all of them are pinch hit home runs. When like you can go a season and only have two for like from a player that pinch hits regularly, right? Um, so I don't know. If you're Philly, you're not gonna have any. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo has been absolutely amazing. I would, I if I were a Braves fan, I would be yelling at them to put him at third base over Austin Riley. I know you mentioned um, Austin Riley uh, has has kind of turned a bit of a corner, and he's batting two fifty, which is very very impressive for Austin Riley. You'd like to see an absolute behemoth of a man hit some more home runs, uh, but he did get one out to that uh, two hundred foot right field fence in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, it it would not have been a home run in any other stadium. <laughs> yeah, but hey, confidence is just as important as a good swing that gets you a home run. So, uh, seeing a ball leave the park will will probably do a lot for him, especially since that was his first of the season, which is very hard to believe considering the guy that we saw when he first came to the big leagues. I don't, as a Braves fan, I want to see Austin Riley get, you know, at least 15 more, like just straight games is just see if he can get into a rhythm because we know what we have in Pablo Sandoval. He sometimes when he swings the bat, it just does not look <laughs> like he's very coordinated. Uh, and he has run into three fastballs that he sent a lot, one of them against Nola that he sent a long way. Um, but I, I don't want Pablo Sandoval anywhere near starting lineup for this on a regular <laughs> basis for this Braves team, nor do I want Guillermo Heredia playing any more than he has. I think we've tapped his full potential. He can go back to the bench where he belongs. Pache hopefully is coming back. Max Fried hopefully is coming back, even though he hasn't played well. Um, Ozzie Albies is back. He was out for a while. Drew Smiley is supposed to make a, a start this Saturday, I believe. Um, just a lot of, again, a lot of injuries on this Braves lineup um, throughout the year. And hopefully, you know, I want to see Wilson Contreras. No, William Contreras. No, which one is the one for the Cubs? Wilson. William Contreras, the younger brother of William. Either way, you get my point. The Contreras on the Braves in the minor league system needs to come up because Travis Darno is not getting it done uh, at the play, and he's not a good defensive catcher. Um, I, he's got I, Jack to admit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the heck. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Travis Darno right now. He is the worst offensive player outside of Dansby Swanson, according to Fangraphs, on the team. Um, and that's so, only because Pache is, is hurt right now. Uh, no, I'm looking at Pache is the worst war getter, but the offensive rating, Pache, it's the third worst Brave. 
And wow, yeah, man, I thought that I, I thought of the I had to be worried about the Phillies lineup, man. And I, I think Pache has been very unlucky. I know he's hit a couple of home runs just foul, and he's hit the ball pretty hard on several occasions. Babbitt unlucky, unlike Gene Segura over there, even though Gene Segura is having a really good start to the season. This is Gene, Gene Segura's bat is probably 500 every year that he plays, though. Yeah, I mean, it's like kind of like Brandon Nimmo. You take a look at his bat, it's almost touching 600 at this point. Yeah, if Gene, uh, in Gene Segura's defense, he's doing what he does, but he's doing it very well right now. So he's getting those infield singles, and he's hitting doubles and even hit a home run. So yeah. this is the Braves part Gene. of the podcast. So uh, we don't need to talk about Gene Segura. No, no. Wait. I always like talking about little Gene. Him and Ronald's, you know that they, they apparently don't even know each other. They just kind of mess around when they Yeah, I, I love that. And they've been doing it for like two years. And <laughs> Ronald Cunha gets to second base a lot. So they see a lot of each other throughout the course of the season. But, yeah, it, it's fun. That's why, I mean, Acuna, I don't think there's a, there's a single – I when I was a kid, here, we'll, we'll start with this. Let's, let's rewind. When I was a little kid – I absolutely hated Chipper Jones. I hated him so much. So, so, so much. I cannot describe to you how much I hated him. I love Freddie Freeman. I love Acuna. Uh, and, I, I mean, there are other guys that are very exciting. I, I really enjoy watching Albies play when he's playing well. And I, there's no one that I despise on the Braves the way that I despise Chipper Jones. And it's not the same for all every other team in the NL East, but these guys for the Braves are so good for that the the division. They're so good for baseball. They're so fun to watch. And Acuna and Gene Segura doing whatever they do at second base is is awesome. It's fun to watch. It keeps the game entertaining. It kind of takes the sting out of watching Ron Acuna hit a double. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's it's it definitely makes a long game very much more uh much more entertaining yeah no i i agree and for the sake of the time on this podcast i'll move over to the pitching staff for the braves which has not been pretty charlie morton's been pretty solid though 391 era which you the fip is 3.04 so you you expect that to regress a little bit but he's been really good for the braves uh, everyone else has not necessarily matzik has been great out of the bullpen will smith has been okay josh tomlin which he would not expect to be okay, has been okay. Ian Anderson just went seven and a third scoreless in New York, which isn't saying much because New York is not playing well right now. And so the bullpen has not been as good as it was last year. Chris Martin is hurt, who is the top righty out of the bullpen, which sucks. Um, And Max Fried has been terrible. ERA north of 11, not good. Um, so when you expect Max Free to pitch like an ace and he has not, um, and Mike Sroka is not back yet, Charlie Morton's pitching okay, but he's only pitching like a three or four uh, in the rotation um, right now. So Hayasco Yernoa, who had a really exciting start to the season, got kind of got touched up in Chicago a little bit his last little, time. A little now. bit of the Joe Ross uh, experience there. I, but, you know, Hayasker, dude, throws a, a casual 99 uh, with the wipeout slider, and he's a young dude, so uh, he's only 23. I'm excited. I want him to start. I want him to be the fifth all year long. I want them to get that arm working to where he can throw 100 pitches in a game because he has some serious upside that nobody saw coming. No, I mean when I say nobody, not a casual casual fans did not see high Oscar, you know, what coming, he was not on anybody's top hundred prospect list. Uh, he was maybe at best a reliever, kind of like an AJ mentor. And the dude throws gas. It's exciting. I like high Oscar. You know, I hope he keeps pitching, uh, but that's my spiel on the Braves lineup sucks right now. Pitching staff sucks. Everything sucks. The Braves suck right now. Um, lucky to be where they are in terms of record. Um, and so and let's go to their schedule. I think they have the Diamondbacks coming up this weekend, just like the Phillies. They have an off day today. They got the Diamondbacks coming up in the weekend. And hopefully they I, they just need to get – it seemed that they were going to get on a row, and then Alex Bohm magically touched home plate, and that put them off into another spin. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Braves aren't playing well. And, yeah, I think you, you kind of gave your take on the Braves and the pitching is just not good. So let's, let, let's get a little bit more fun in the podcast. Give me your power rankings right now in the division. Based off of what you've seen, not the records, because records right now totally up in the air. Give me your power rankings. Well, we talked about it earlier, much earlier in this episode. There's you look no further than the the Miami Marlins. I don't know how to say Miami today, but 
they they're they're just plain and simple the only team in the NL East right now that's playing good baseball. You just mentioned that you think the Braves have sucked. I personally, although I didn't sound as pessimistic about the season when I was talking about them, I think the Phillies have sucked, especially this past week. They lost the series to the Giants, who have the they've scored the least runs in MLB this season, and they just lost a series where the Giants miraculously decided to start scoring runs and they hit like three home runs a game. So the Miami Marlins are number one in this division. They're probably the third hottest team in baseball behind the Dodgers and the athletics who are untouchable. Um, but yeah, Miami Marlins, number one, no doubt. In my I mind. like it. Wow. Yeah. Um, do you, do you want to go back and forth or do you just want me to go all the way? Through? No, I, you know, I was thinking about like, I was going to come out of left field and surprise you and say the Marlins that one, but you're a step ahead of me. I, I like it. No. Yeah. I, think I don't think Mar- it's particularly close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't think the run differential is the end all be on. I'm not saying that's why they're first, but to me, they're the most exciting team right now. They got the most excitement coming out of them in the con in the division. So yeah, I'm going with the freaking Marlins. Yeah. All right. I'll do number two now. And I, the Phillies have not played good baseball. It's really been frustrating to watch. I think they've probably split with the Mets <clears throat> this season. I, the Mets might even have the edge in terms of uh, the uh, head-to-head so far this year. But I'm going to go with the Phillies second. Um, it, there's a lot There's a lot of good about the way the Phillies have played to start this season. Uh, a lot of encouraging performances from Nola, from Bryce Harper, uh, Reese Hoskins has still hit seven doubles this year, so I don't want to hate on the guy too much for how he's played recently. But it uh, seems like he hit seven doubles in the first two games, though. So. It, it was it was something like the first five. I I probably not actually that, but it, 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 he hasn't hit one for a while. It's, but the Phillies are. I, I just don't think the Mets. It's less of what the Phillies have done well, and more of just me having no confidence in this Mets lineup right now. I, they're, they've just been playing awful. I think the Phillies probably average more runs a game than them this year, which is not impressive because the Phillies are not hitting the baseball very well right now. And the Braves, or even if the Mets have more runs per game, I'll, I'll eat crow on that, but I'll still put them behind the Phillies. Uh, I think the Mets have some encouraging signs from the lineup, Pete Alonso hit a ball outside of Wrigley Park, uh, which is impressive for any human being. Uh, Francisco Lindor finally hit a home run. I know you mentioned that he is traditionally a slow starter. I still don't think that he's going to finish this season as the best shortstop in the division, but that's just my opinion. I w- I'll probably be wrong. <laughs> so, uh, Dom Smith, who I, I enjoy watching, has been awful this, so far this year. Conforto has been terrible. Nimmo has been great. Um, but the, the only real performers for the Mets are uh, the pitchers. And so I'm going to put the Mets at third. I don't know why. I, I, I just went from talking about the Phillies being second to, to talking about the Mets. But 2-3, Phillies-Mets, give me your 2-3. I'll give you – I'll put the Mets – at number two because of DeGrom and Stroman, and I'm more impressed with both of them than I am with the top two for Philadelphia. Philadelphia comes in at number three for me. All right, fair. Any any hot takes? Yeah. Uh, I, I think the Mets – yeah, my hot take is the Mets. I mean, all they need is the lineup to get – they don't even need, need the lineup to get hot. They just need them to get going, and then they'll be at the top of the power ranking. So, I mean, it's not really a hot take. I mean, that's pretty fair, but, yeah, I don't, there's no hot takes. I think the top of the top end of the rotations for both of these teams are elite, and I just like the Mets a little bit more because DeGrom is the best pitcher on the planet. Yeah, I think the Mets, uh, what they have going for them right now is that they have played terribly, but they're still number one. Um, they also have DeGrom, who's just he's, – he's something else. And he's more fun. He gets better every season somehow, which I don't understand because he's in his 30s already. And Stroman has gotten off to a great start. Didn't know how he would look uh, after the season off, but he looks better than he pretty much ever has. So, yeah, once they get Carrasco and Syndergaard back, they will be scary. And once the lineup gets going, same. So, at four, um, I, I, I'm going to – I'm going to go with the Braves here. I don't think they played uh, great baseball, uh, but it, 
I'm going to give them some of the benefit of the doubt due to all these injuries that we've seen. There has been no team that I'm aware of that has been more affected by the injury bug only 10% of the way through the season than the Braves. I don't think that these are really any very, very concerning injuries besides the fact that having Ronald Acuna out of the lineup for one game against the Yankees was probably the reason the Braves lost the first game against the Yankees because you have to thank him in the lineup. You can probably score, what was it, three runs that they would have needed yeah. in that game. So, yeah, that that's unfortunate. But, I I mean, do we? when do we expect Acuna to come back? You know, they said they said he was day to day Tuesday or Monday, and then so I, I expect him to be back for this. Um, I, I expect him to be back um, this weekend and for the series, and I hope he is for everybody's viewing sake. Yeah, so Acuna coming back. Hopefully, whenever he comes back, the Braves. Obviously, got to give it to the Braves. Freddie Freeman's starting to heat up too. Um, Morton and Anderson have. Anderson, hopefully for his confidence, that shutout against the uh, against the Yankees will help him moving forward. Uh, you mentioned Yanoa, you're a big fan of him. Uh, Freed and Smiley, whenever they come back, you would love to see Freed pitch a lot better. You'd like to see Smiley pitch a little better um, than he has. And, yeah, I, I got to go with the Braves at four. What's your take? Yeah, I got the Nationals at four. Um I will say this about the Braves. They have the, in the division, they have the best hard hit rate, according to fan graphs, and they have the lowest batting average on balls in play, which I think will correct itself as soon as possible. Actually, that is just me hoping it corrects itself as soon as possible. I have no idea if it will or not. Uh, but no, I got the Nationals at four, um, simply because I think the Braves are playing like dog poop. Um and Trey Turner is playing really well. I mean, I, I don't think the Nationals are better than the Braves, but the current state, and I think the Braves at negative one in the run differential is second in the conference. But, yeah, I'm going to put the Nationals at four and Braves at five. All right, yeah. So that, that just leaves the Nationals for me. Yeah, I, nothing, nothing too exciting uh, from the Nationals' perspective outside of Scherzer and uh, Trey Turner being their usual dominant selves. You can expect Juan Soto to start hitting balls a lot harder than he has to start this season. Um, So once that kind of rounds into form, I don't think the Nationals are a bad team. I think they're a good team. I think they'd win some divisions in the MLB, but this is the NL East, and uh, there's no freebies here. Uh, And I I would just like to mention – this start of the season has me concerned that the NL East might not even have a wild card this year, which is unfortunate for the entirety of MLB's viewership because this is a team, this is a division that definitely has, they, 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 in a normal year, they could send two teams to the playoffs. They could probably, there's probably four teams in this division that can make the playoffs. 